Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. Uh, the podcast that you're about to hear is actually part one of two parts. As you'll hear, I had lawyer Josh DeLarios Hyman on the podcast to walk through the entire Facebook FTC settlement, uh, which had generated many headlines, but very few people had gone through the full document. Uh, it's a big document, and it took Josh and I quite a while to actually walk through the whole thing. So I felt that it was best to actually split uh, the entire podcast into two sections, one that you'll hear right after this, and then a second part that we will play next week. So uh, while I introduce it, it'll sound like we're going to do the whole thing. We are just playing part one this week. So enjoy. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of the modern monocle. Stopping the copyright bullies from pulling the wall on us. Facing and taking on all the plate to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinizing through their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. As I'm sure that our listeners are already aware of, a few weeks back, the FTC officially announced its uh, proposed settlement with Facebook. The headlines, of course, were all about the uh, $5 billion fine uh, that Facebook received, which was many, many, many times larger than the largest prior FTC privacy enforcement fine uh, that it had ever done. Indeed, it's more than pretty much all of the FTC prior privacy fines put together. It is uh, quite a large number. And yet, uh, the general public reaction to this uh, seemed to be one of anger at the FTC for uh, I think the phrase is not going far enough or maybe slapping wrists instead of uh, doing something more serious. Uh, the thinking there is that Facebook is so large and so profitable that a $5 billion fine simply won't have much of an impact. Now, I wrote about this a few times on TechTurt, arguing two somewhat related things. Uh, first, that this fine is a much bigger deal than people are giving it credit for, uh, in large part because it certainly stretched the limits of the FTC's own mandate. And if you don't like uh, that or you don't think it's enough, uh, it's actually more of a problem for Congress to solve and not the FTC because this is pretty much what the FTC can do and it probably couldn't go much further than that. Um, but secondly, uh, I thought that uh, relying on the FTC in particular to be solving various privacy conundrums was a mistake in the first place and that no matter what the FTC did, it wouldn't be enough for many people who uh, are very angry <laughs> at Facebook for uh, a variety of reasons. And uh, because, you know, frankly, the FTC cannot actually have the kind of impact that they want. Uh, and again, that's sort of uh, uh, put, you can put that down to what the FTC's actual mandate is and, and what it can do. And also uh, what some people want uh, done to Facebook. <laughs> However, uh, the details of the settlement, which most people have ignored beyond the headline generating fine, actually do matter quite a bit. Uh, while many reported that the fine was over the Cambridge Analytica scandal, it actually encompassed some other issues as well, including ones that struck me at least as much more serious, uh, such as making use of phone numbers that were shared for security purposes uh, and then 
using them for marketing and promotions. I thought it might be useful uh, now here a few weeks later to go through what the stipulated agreement actually says. Uh, and to do that, uh, because I am not a lawyer, we have an expert on the podcast, and that is uh, Josh de Larios Hyman, uh, who is a lawyer in San Francisco. He's the founder of the data law firm, and he represents a number of startups and VCs in the internet space. And he specializes in data and privacy issues, hence the name of his law firm as the data law firm. Uh, I'll note, of course, that uh, neither Facebook nor the FTC are clients of Josh, so there's no conflict of interest there. Uh, and we thought that it might be useful to basically just go through the, um, the, the document that the FTC put out and look at what the stipulated agreement actually says and discuss what it means uh, beyond just the uh, headline grabbing fine. So our plan is to basically walk through the document as much as we can, explore what it says, and then we can sum up at the end with our overall feelings on it. So Josh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, this should be fun, I think. <laughs> I think so. so um, so the the entire document it's it's a thirty one page document and it is readable, but it, it certainly has um, elements that non lawyers might find tricky and confusing. Um, um, but I, I wanted to start with one thing that I think actually got gets lost in in much of the discussion, and that is that this is actually uh, a follow up to an earlier problem that the that Facebook ran into with the FTC. And in 2012, they signed a consent decree, um, basically saying that was over, it, it came out of um, a few different issues with Facebook taking information from users that they believed was private and making it public. Uh, this was one of the, uh, I guess, growth strategies that Facebook had, and, and it ended up with a consent decree. And so this actually comes out of that, and this is basically a reopening of that and a recognition that Facebook did not comply with that original 2012 decree. Is that, is that an accurate statement? That, that is an accurate statement. This is essentially, um, to use an analogy, uh, if you remember Stephen King had originally The, the Stand, uh -huh. And then they released another version of it that was like, I don't know, an extra 500 pages. I'm just give or take a few. <laughs> uh, this this is like the extended version of that 2012 uh, stipulated order. Uh, and, and, and part of that, though, is like, you know, this is what the FTC, this is to some extent what the FTC is limited in doing, right? Um, you know, they can go after people or, or companies for certain activities. Um, but really where they have the most power uh, is if they have gotten you to agree to stop a certain practice and then you violate that agreement. And that's that's when the hammer can come down much harder, right? That That is absolutely correct. The, the FTC under Section 5 of the FTC Act, um, which is the Federal Trains Commission Act, uh, they have the power to go after people for unfair and deceptive acts and practices. Mm -hmm. And this is a civil action. This is not a criminal organization. Um, they get their power from entering into negotiated settlements with the people that they are targeting or investigating. And then those settlements are brought before a judge and the judge approves them for fairness. Mm-hmm. The idea is that once they go into one of these uh, stipulated orders, they're there's no longer they're not going to violate it anymore. And if they do, well, then those companies are 
liable for expanded monetary and injunctive reliefs. Right. Um, so uh, let's, let's just start going through the, the document, I guess. Um, um, the, um, uh, you know, it, it starts out basically with the, with the fine, <laughs> because that's that's the headline uh, the headline for everybody, and I'm sure the FTC wanted that, even if people felt it it, it wasn't enough. Um, and then um, and then it it you know it notes that it is the you know it's a, a modification of the the earlier consent decree, um, and then it, it jumps into. Um, as I scroll quickly, sorry about that. Uh, it, it jumps into much more detail in, in what is called the decision and order, and this is an attachment to the, the stipulated agreement, right? Um, and that leads off with findings, which is the sort of quick summary version of this, right? Yes. Um, so just to bring everybody up to speed and kind of explain a few things, uh, this is for a a civil penalty, which is um, the penalty addressed that the court gives to Facebook for, for, for breaching the agreement. There's a monetary mm -hmm. judgment, which is for damages related to their actions they did here. And then the injunctive relief, which is the, the orders that they have to do. Think of it as um, the monetary judgment is the money judgment. And then the injunctive relief is what Facebook has to do to comply with this. Right. So that's or, their acts. Or, right. Yes. Or not do in the future. <laughs> Correct. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of knots in this. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so just some early points that are important to note. Facebook has agreed to this. Mm -hmm. um, they could have litigated forever on this, but they have chosen to agree to what this says. They've agreed not to appeal to what this says. Right. That's a huge step forward um, as far as this being a binding agreement and a binding document. Right. And, and, and one of the points that was raised from, from, you know, when people were criticizing the FTC, one of the points that the, the FTC commissioners who agreed, and it was a split vote, three to two, but, but of those who agreed, they basically said, if we had gone much further, um, that would not have happened. And Facebook likely would have litigated um, and potentially would have won. Uh, but, you know, that's certainly up in the air. But yes, so, so Facebook has agreed to this. Yes, and, and, and thinking about that, uh, as far as resources go, the FTC is not a tremendously large organization. Mm -hmm. They have amazing people, in my opinion, that, that work there that are very dedicated to their tasks, and they're willing to do what is necessary to, to regulate the markets. Facebook, on the other hand, has, for all intents and purposes, an unlimited litigation budget. <laughs> right. So they could have pushed this out as far as they'd wanted to within reason. Yeah. And, and in fact, I mean, there are arguments made uh, that in similar cases, I mean, maybe not this extreme, but in similar cases that there, there can be advantages to, to stretching out the litigation for a variety of reasons. Um, and so it is notable that they did agree to, to settle. Yes. Yes. One of which is apparently the fine was being held in escrow. Right. Which meant they could have just sat on that money and collected interest. Yes. And, and interest on $5 billion can, can actually uh, be pretty significant. I could live off of it. 
<laughs> All right. Um, so what what else? Uh, what else in the findings is 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 worth commenting on? Um, so I'm just flipping pages since I'm sure. not using paper. Um, like a true lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> um, an important element, and this is before the findings. We were still in the preamble. Oh, sorry. Um, the and we'll go into this in more detail later. I'm sure uh, the FTC. And the United States specifically reserve all other claims. Right. So this is only for the claims under the FTC Act that they were bringing this for. So if, for example, the SEC, the Securities Exchange Commission, or the Department of Justice, under different circumstances, or the IRS, or any of those other organizations want to bring actions against Facebook, they still can. Right. Um, and... Um, also, to that effect, um, this is only for the acts the FTC knew about right. prior to June 12th, 2019, that relate to these transactions and occurrences. So if they find a whole bunch of different violations, those are outside the scope of this uh, order, and right. they, will, they will go after those people. And, and, and there, there may very well be other things that may come to light. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I think I've read maybe there are already some investigations going on since that time. Right. I, I have no basis for that, but yes. Yeah. So yes, this may not be the uh, the end of the road. <laughs> Correct. Um, All right, and then um, so in the findings, um, there were, there were a couple of points, and there were there were seven basic findings. Um, mm -hmm. That the, the jurisdiction question, now this is really cutting off Facebook's ability to appeal at a later date. Right. That they are agreeing that the, that the court here has subject matter over both Facebook, the FTC, and then all the subject matters. Um, right. That's an area that when you, if you were going to appeal it, this is, those are areas that you would stretch. Venue means it's in the right courthouse. Mm -hmm. um, the third point, it, there is a, a claim upon which relief may be granted against the defendant under the applicable laws. Every judgment, every case needs to have a component where it states a claim upon which relief may be granted. Right. Uh, if that's missing, then even if both parties agree, later on somebody might appeal that. That's a grounds to have an appeal. So they're, they're, they're carving out the four corners on that specific area. Right. Um, it affects commerce, mm -hmm. which is the major domain of the FTC under Section 4. Um, of, of the uh, Fair Trade Act, um, FTC Act. Mm -hmm. um, and then one of my personal favorites is the defendant waives any claim it may have under the Equal Access, Access to Justice Act. The Equal Access to Justice Act is for uh, defendants that don't have any money so that they can actually <laughs> ask for money from the courts to help defend themselves. Right. Facebook graciously waived that. <laughs> how, how very generous of them. <laughs> yeah, they, they agreed to bear their own costs and attorney's fees. Yes, yeah. So um, they, they will not seek uh, taxpayer funds to cover this. <laughs> yeah, the, the sixth point is an interesting one. And I would, it, it, I'm going to read it directly. Um, defendant neither admits nor denies any of the allegations in the complaint except as specifically stated in the decision and order set forth in attachment a only for purposes of this action defendant admits the facts necessary 
to establish jurisdiction. So to parse that out, this is a statement that says they won't admit to any of the stuff under class actions, one assumes. Mm -hmm. They won't admit to any of this stuff and and more if there's a criminal actions brought against them. They won't admit to anything here if the FTC comes after them again for different transactions or occurrences. They'll argue about cases, or at least they reserve those rights. Right. So this is what it, where you can see a good defense attorney was here. <laughs> uh, well, so this this actually raised some, some amount of controversy, right? I mean, the neither admits nor denies thing was something that bugged a lot of people because they're just like, come on, that's letting Facebook off because clearly uh, you don't agree to pay a $5 billion fine if you didn't do anything. So some people were very mad about this. And, and that's, 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 that's like a normal person view, but a lawyer person view. <laughs> yes. Uh, a little different because especially for this space. Now it's, is it terrible PR? Absolutely. I mean, there, there needs to be the Mia culpa aspect in my opinion right. for, for Facebook to, to, you know, polish its image. A bit. Sure. Um, but from like a, a litigation standpoint, let's face it. Class action plaintiff affirms, look at something like this. And they say, well, there's my meal ticket for the next five years. Right. This is red meat. <laughs> this is red meat. Uh, privacy regulators from every other jurisdiction outside the FTC look at this and say, well, those all affected us too. Sure. Um, the uh, European Union, mm-hmm. uh, they look at this and go, wow. You know, I'm pretty sure that violates the GDPR. Right. Uh, so so that's a really important element there. Um that shows me that this was definitely looked at quite thoroughly by, by Facebook. Oh, well, yeah. 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 Well, I don't doubt that <laughs> <laughs> they spent uh, many, many, uh, many uh, lawyers times and um, a, a lot of money uh, cleaning this up. Yeah. And then the seventh point. Uh, so the seventh finding is the defendant and plaintiff waive all rights to appeal or otherwise challenge or contest the validity of the stipulated order. This is this is it. This is the order. Right. This has been waived. So there's right. not going to be more appeals. There's not going to be revisitings um, unless they violate the order. Right. Well, there and, and but there is the question of like, in, in theory, right, uh, could a judge reject this? A judge could reject this if it's not signed upon. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not aware at, as I'm sitting here talking to you of the actual, whether or not the signature and find if it's been filed yet. Okay. But a judge could absolutely waive this or, or, or decide that this is, is, is wanting. That's their mm-hmm. job. In fact, is to review this in, in complete detail and make sure not only does it benefit the defendant or, but it also benefits the, the United States in this case. Right. I'm, I'm, if I was a betting man, I would say that's very unlikely right. to occur, but yeah. who knows? <laughs> right. Okay. All right. So that is that covers the findings. Yes. So then we have the monetary judgment for civil penalty. Mm-hmm. So this is a civil penalty. This is a not a criminal penalty. Right. It's for $5 billion. Um. That's a big number. Yes. It's the largest, I, I believe, the largest fine regarding privacy in the history of the world. 
Yes. Um, so that that is something. Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't think it's the, the the most painful part for Facebook in this document, but it's it. I'm sure it hurt. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people pointed out that that's like one month's revenue or something. Um, even so, um, uh, there there is no one in the world to which five billion dollars is nothing. Yeah. Uh, Five billion dollars can be spent in in lots of ways, uh, and and having to give it up is certainly, um, you know, there is there is some pain there. It, that number is an important number for a lot of reasons. In in my view of things, that number is important not just because it's a substantial number, not just because it sends a message to the rest of technology that we are really going after people. But it also sends a message to the European Union under the GDPR, who are very worried about Facebook and the United States' ability to uh, regulate privacy. Mm -hmm. So I think one thing we'll look at and we'll see through this document is references, both veiled and otherwise, to the general data protection regulation of the EU. The United States and the EU are, are in the current negotiation period where they're trying to reach some sort of agreement on how to have data transfers occur. Right. We have uh, the the Privacy Shield, mm -hmm. which is an agreement between the United States and the EU about data transactions that go back and forth. There has been a lot of litigation in Europe trying to nullify Privacy right. Shield. Which and and it should be noted that the privacy shield only came out came about because the the previous agreement that was between the the EU and the US, which was the privacy safe harbor, I think was it was yes. called, that got thrown out by a court. It did. Um, that was uh, part of the, uh, the the Snowden revelations. Yes, and um, so that led to this other framework, which is the privacy shield, which some people argue uh, should be thrown out for the same reasons and potentially for some other reasons, and so that's still being litigated. Yes, and it's continuing to be litigated uh, under in various elements, most most notably with, with Max Schrem. Yes, who is uh, uh, an interesting guy. <laughs> who who uh, we've written about him a bunch on TechDirt. Uh, you know, he's brought a bunch of different um, privacy and now GDPR related cases, uh, uh, mainly in the EU. And so he is, uh, you know, very much a, a privacy activist who is is very focused on sort of using the uh, the court system there to, to uh, I would say, stress test <laughs> privacy laws. Yes, he's, he's, he's really busy. Yes, <laughs> that's one way to put it. All right. Okay, and then there's a number of, of and, and the monetary judgment just describes that. Yep. The monetary judgment is the monetary judgment. It doesn't break it down by any amount. It's just a lump sum. Yep. Um, so... Then we get into uh, num or Roman numeral two, the modification decision of the order. Yep. Um, and that's just highlighting that this this is uh, the reopening of the previous consent decree uh, and and modifying that. Yes. And quite frankly, as a practitioner, I'm really excited they did it this way or relieved is a better word, because I didn't know how I was going to be able to distinguish the two Facebook uh, consent decrees. Uh -huh. In all my writings, I'll be like, so you, FC, you know, Henry Facebook one, right? Henry Facebook two, um, and now so, it's all the same. Yeah, so but, <laughs> that's good. Uh, 
And then and then you get like the Columbo clause, the additional provisions, the, uh-huh. the just one more thing. Right. Yeah. Um, it is further ordered that defendants shall provide the Department of Justice copies of all reports, assessments, notifications, certifications, and other documents required or requested under parts uh, seven and uh, et cetera. Et cetera. Yes. Yeah. And then there's attachments. Um, so now we now know Department of Justice is going to be involved now. Yep. That's a big deal. Well, so, why? Well, the Department of Justice is the criminal uh, organization or the, the organization that investigates criminal activities in, in the United States. Part of this, without giving away too much fun, uh, is if it is violated again, Mark Zuckerberg and other members of Facebook might be criminally liable. Right. And that is actually called out in other documents. Um, so that seems like a big deal, right? Because one of the other complaints that we heard a lot was that this agreement let Zuckerberg off sort of scot-free and it didn't punish him personally at all. And yet you're saying that there there are elements in here where if they screw up again, he might face actual criminal liability. Correct. I mean, uh, this document uh, for in some intent or in some circumstances pierces the corporate veil and and and, and reaches out directly to the executive of Facebook and specifically names Mark uh-huh. Zuckerberg. Um and then to be clear, there there, there is a there is a um a civil side to the Department mm-hmm. of Justice as well, yep. where they will go after uh, people for civil violations, which are like fines and uh, yeah. operations. So, yeah, so the Consumer Protection Branch. Um, so then we discuss a little bit of detail, not much, of, of that, that additional, uh, the additional requirements on mm-hmm. Facebook through this provision. Right. And there's compliance monitoring, various other things. And and that is really where the real pain is here, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Um, um, and then the final point in the the, the judgment is continuing jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. It's further ordered that this court shall retain jurisdiction as a matter for purposes of construction, modification, and enforcement of the stipulated order. So wh- whichever judge is on this and signs it and they're going to be the person who deals with any challenges to it or modifications to it. Um, so that means that person is going to have a very busy time with this. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So that's like the first major part. Right. That, uh, and then we have the attachment A. And this now, gets into the details. It, it repeats a lot of what's in the that first part, but it does delves yes. into the details. Um, so it's, it's important to note at this point that the terms used are extremely confusing. Okay. Um, so there's the federal trade commission, mm-hmm. which is referred to as the FTC Yep. and the commission. Yep. And then there's the, 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 Bur- the bureau of consumer protection, which is the BCP. Right, which is a part of the Federal Trade Commission. Yes, it's it's like the the part that enforces like privacy um, right actions. The the uh, the role that the FTC or the Commission has over privacy 
is is based on the Article Five unfair and deceptive acts and practices. But it's it's not a clean directed law. Right. They have carved out jurisdictions over years in various cases and and created kind of a a. a, a by, uh, it's basically become a regulation by by court order, right? And, and this is uh, this is an important thing because this is what other fights that are happening now are. We we don't really have uh, a privacy law in the U.S., right? And and so to date, the way it's been dealt with is the FTC is sort of carving out space in this through its existing mandates around consumer protection and and unfair and deceptive practices, and that is all just you know case law decisions where it's sort of tried stuff and it's worked or it hasn't worked and that is to date right now as we speak briefly <laughs> what this the, the the status of of you know privacy law at the federal level um but that's likely going to be changing in the, potentially in the next couple months or so we we one one hopes they'll become a, a unified system of privacy right. laws in the united states uh, it's as a practitioner um it is both a blessing and a curse uh-huh. because it's there are so many laws and regulations and stuff. You need a you need to hire a privacy attorney, right? Like to cross the street, you need to hire <laughs> a, a privacy attorney in this day and age because we have what is known as a uh, sectarial privacy regimen in the United right. States, and that means that we have a patchwork of, of privacy laws. Some of them overlap, some of them don't. Right. Certain subject matters are 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 covered extensively, like um, insurance. And health data, right under the HIPAA and the DINA, which is and and video rental <laughs> records, video rentals, yes, <laughs> because of uh, because of a Supreme Court nominee. But that's yeah. a side <laughs> issue oh, that we God. don't need to yeah. go down. Just I mean, and there are all these little weirdos. I mean, and then yep. um, financial under uh, financial data is, is, is highly yep. regulated and protected. Um, uh, so there are all of these interstitial areas, yeah, and. The FTC being an organization that really wants a fair marketplace saw all of these violations or potential violations going on and said, we need to do something about that. So they decided to go using their uh, mandate against unfair and deceptive acts and practices and start bringing actions. And they had success with Google. They had success with Microsoft. And those were their first big ones. Um, and over time, using this the, the, the stipulated orders and then the... the the negotiated settlements, they've been able to carve out this this area. And this is like the ultimate version of that, just as a... Right. Or I have never seen one this robust as far as what it requires companies to do. Right. That That's key in my opinion because these orders are what all the other companies tend to look at when they're trying to determine how to build out their privacy departments. Right. So yeah, so let, let's let's dig into those things. Okay, sorry, that was a little bit of a yep preamble. Good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the findings are are, are fairly um, similar to what we just read. Right. Um, the commission has considered the matter and has determined that it had reason to believe that respondent, in this case, is Facebook, violated the decision and order the commission previously issued in the matter. Facebook, which was the, the first version of this, right? and the FTC Act. So they're saying they violated the prior one and committed additional FTC violations. Right. And that a complaint should issue 
stating its charges in that respect. After due consideration, the commission issues its complaint, makes the following findings, and issues the following order. So the findings were, um, we, we talked about jurisdictional. Yep. The, uh, this is, and this section is basically a repeat of what's, yes. what's in the front. It's just, it, it changes uh, defendant to respondent, <laughs> but, but it's, it's otherwise pretty much the same, same verbiage. I mean, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then um, after finding that, after going through the basic overview, then it goes into a, dis- a definitions uh, section. Right. And this is where we start really seeing that this is a far more robust order than the prior one. Mm-hmm. Um, so the definitions, um, the, the big one that to start with is, is, is the definition of B, which is clearly and conspicuously. And that's mm-hmm. talking about the definition of the use of clear and conspicuous or clear and conspicuously throughout this entire order. Yeah. And it goes into great detail on the types of data that should be covered under this order. And, and, and this is generally about disclosure, that, that Facebook has to disclose different things in a clear and conspicuous manner, but they don't just leave that up to um, you know, Facebook's discretion, what is clear and conspicuous. They, they um, spend many paragraphs describing what they mean by clear and conspicuous. Many paragraphs. This is a, this is a ratcheting down. There is no more a, well, use your best judgment situation here. This is a, we will go into great detail, in ad nauseum details under every element or every possible thing that we could think of that you might use. Um, so that's the first thing is, is, I was trying to think of the type of data that isn't included in here. Mm-hmm. And I, I was having a hard time. Um, they, so that's, that's the first thing. Um, they, they, they talk about how disclosures must be, be made in the same type of media. Uh-huh. So like if you're doing a video disclosure, you have to have a video. Or if you have a video piece of information you're giving, you have to do a video disclosure. Right. If it's an auditorial or a recording, it has to be recorded. So, 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 so you can't to... just put like in fine print beneath a video or hidden in the corner the disclosure. Yeah. It, it might yeah. need to actually be like, you know, a part of the video or something. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of um, what, we, what I would think of as like user uh, experience or user interface requirements here. Uh-huh. So like every new feature is going to have to have these qualities to them. Right. Um, so like for example, uh, the number two point, uh, a visual disclosure by its size, contrast, location, and length of time, it appears, and all other characteristics must stand out from any accompanying, te- accompanying text or other visual elements so that it is easily noticed, read, and understood. So that is, there's no more like sneaking small print in. Right. Yeah. Um, and then and the audible, yeah. Yeah, it almost literally, says, it says by size, you cannot, you cannot hide this. So it is literally writing away. You cannot do this in fine print. Yeah. Then it's an audible disclosure, including by telephone or streaming video, must be delivered at a volume, speed, and cadence sufficient for ordinary consumers to easily hear and understand it. I mean, these are very, like, granular. Right. 
requirement. Well, it's, I, I think they're sort of trying to, you know, it's it's not like the end of every uh, pharmaceutical ad where in very quick patter they say may cause all these other problems. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that anymore. I mean, so right. when you're requiring more uh, and, and and a higher um, level of scrutiny and, and, and speed and everything than, than the, the pharmaceutical ads. That's something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it goes on and on and on through each type of media, through each type of transaction. Yep. This is what you need to do in order to comply. Um, the, uh, number seven, the disclosure must not be contradicted or mi- mitigated by or inconsistent with anything else in the communication. <laughs> right. So there's no more of those like zany ads, you know, Red Bull, Red Bull gives you wings. Like right. you, you couldn't say that if you're a Facebook. Right. <laughs> you know and, and, and you can't like, you know, it, it, there is like, uh, I can't think of a good example now, but there are cases where, you know, people sort of, uh, or companies will kind of wink, wink through like, uh, we can't really say this, but uh, you can't, you know, this is pretty explicit that they, that Facebook could not do that kind of thing. It, it can't try and, uh, you know, lessen the impact of, of a disclosure. Yes. Um, exactly. It's, it, it's, these are, these all add up to a substantial transformation in the Facebook product. Right. Um, so, uh, eight was interesting to me because it, it, it named, um, what we refer to as like eggshell consumers or consumers that are vulnerable. Uh-huh. Um, when it, the representation or sales practice targets a specific audience, such as children, the elderly, or the terminally ill, quote, ordinary customers, unquote, includes reasonable members of that group. So you can't be doing things that are going to take advantage of the elderly. Right. Or target children or disabled. And uh, that'll be really interesting to see how that plays out, given um, the demographics. Yeah. And, and you know, recently there have been all these reports about, you know, leaked documents uh, or revealed documents from, from Facebook where, you know, it did seem clear that they were they were targeting children or, or doing things that were certainly uh, kind of sketchy when it came to the kids. And, and this this certainly... Uh, attempts to crack down on that yes yes um so this these are the teeth as we refer to um so and there, and there were other definitions that we didn't go into here but if yeah they're 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 equally um specific so you go to the next um definition of, of covered incident um means any instance in which facebook has verified or otherwise confirmed that the covered information of 500, that's 500, or more users was or was likely to have been accessed, collected, used, or shared by a covered third party in violation of Facebook's platform terms. Mm -hmm. 500 is an extraordinarily low number for this sort of um, clause. Right. It, it It makes it hard for... Like, yeah, you know, there are lots of times where you'll see reports where it's like, oh, this was an accident and only, you know, only happened to 10,000 people or something. But here, as soon as you hit 500 people, uh, Facebook is is potentially at risk. Yes. Um, and, and that's like a that's a very difficult number to, like, ascertain quickly, considering how many I don't know what their user base is right now. It's like 
It's it's in the billions. It's uh, in the billions. Yeah. <laughs> so 500 is, uh, yes. It's basically anything that might happen is going to happen to more than 500 Facebook users. Yeah. So, um, and then D, which is covered information. Uh-huh. This is for, for, from like at the privacy attorney standpoint, the most interesting part. Because you always look to see how many different types of data that they can stick in here to, to regulate. Right. And like how deep and how, like whether or not they have metadata and stuff. So this one, we, we, we go up to N, which is pretty high. Yeah. So A to N. Um, one day it's going to go to Z. Uh, <laughs> and so and so basically for, for people who, who don't have this in front of them, effectively this is what information uh, Facebook has to 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 treat carefully this is what kinds of personal private information and and you know sometimes this information is referred to as like pii right mm-hmm. uh, and you know but there are questions as to like what what is actually covered and here it's actually quite a lot um i mean i can read through it real quick just so people know right it's like you know the basics that that i think most people expect you know your name first and last name the geolocation information uh, well they say you know geolocation information sufficient to identify a street name or name uh, oh, and name of city or town basically can we locate you uh email address or other contact information including instant messenger identifiers screen names um, mobile telephone numbers, which is actually kind of important because that is something that gets passed around a lot. Um, photos and videos, which opens up a pretty wide range of potential issues. Um, IP address, user ID, or other persistent identifier. Um, uh, social security number, driver's license or government issued ID. Financial account number, credit or debit information, date of birth, which is interesting, biometric information, uh, and then uh, the sort of catch-alls, <laughs> uh, any information combined with any of the above, um, uh, or uh, number N, or letter N, non-public user information, which is kind of broad and also kind of a catch-all. Yeah, and... and- the, the interesting thing for me on this one was it's covered information. So this is the information that's covered within this uh, stipulated judgment. Right. So they're not calling it personal information. They're calling it covered information. So this is, they're not referencing any other privacy laws here. They're just saying that for Facebook to comply, right. this, this is, is the information. Yeah. This, is, this is the law for Facebook now. Yes, this is. Um, so... In some ways, it's a lot easier for them because it's everything, mostly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, like I, some of this uh, is a little bit, you know, potentially surprising. I mean, photos and videos, right? I mean, you can understand why some photos and videos might be an issue, but but others, you know, is that really private information? But it doesn't matter. Here it is covered. Yeah. Um, I mean, I. that's the sort of thing where, you know, in, 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 a, in a normal situation, where you might you might go, okay, well, does that, is it personally identifying? Is it show your house? Right. Is it show all that stuff? And and those are the things that you know we, we would have a nice discussion about. Um, right. And 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 in a, in a normal situation, we'd be like, okay, well, let's just just refer to that as a, a use your best judgment situation. Right. Here, however, best judgment doesn't apply anymore. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, you know, I mean, and 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 the the argument is that that's because you know Facebook gave up. You know, they didn't use best judgment. And so they, they gave up that right, you know? Yeah, yeah. and I'll, I'll just say this now. Um, so the, the, the idea, you know, Facebook was famous for um, moving fast and breaking things. Right. And then, um, you know, apologizing afterward. Yep. 
those days are over. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, if, 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 if this kind of thing happens again, you know, they can be in a lot more trouble. Yeah. And then there's, there's a, a quote that I'll read you at the end of this, um, that mentions that, that they've established a base of 5 billion. That right. was the base. Right. <laughs> That's a heck of a base. Yeah. So then, uh, it covered third party deals with, um, people that Facebook is sharing information with. Right. Uh, and this directly goes towards like Cambridge Analytics and other people that they were right. doing business with and selling information to, or, um, it makes it very clear, um, which we, we can walk through if you'd want, but that's the general overview. This specific, uh, which is, which is E for those people reading along third, uh, cover third party. It's, it's, it's very difficult to parse out. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you had that problem as well, but yeah, you know, I mean, this is right. This is the question of like, you know, any sort of you know covered third party. It basically means any partner of Facebook in which data sharing is is happening. And so, because there, there are lots of limits on on what you know information and how it can share information, you know, with these covered third parties, but they have to define it. But it's, you know, it's it's it, it, it's basically saying, you know. Um, you know, any other company that Facebook is partnered with that it's sharing information with is, yeah. is, is sort of the summary, but it, it, it gets sort of deep into the legalese to make that point. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is, this is really this sort of paragraph. When I look at something like this, I would get a whiteboard out and start parsing <laughs> out using arrows. Um, and, and that's really what it was designed to do. Um, right. but the, you're, you're correct. It's like, it's supposed to be everybody that is not Facebook employees. Right. And that's where we're going to break the podcast this time. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, we're splitting this into two parts. Uh, sorry if we end it sort of abruptly there. I'm not sure there was a great uh, point to break it. Uh, come back next week as there's still plenty more in the document to go through, and we will do that in full next week. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, to grab a shovel and think of the tap. Uh, if we don't stand up to them, someone will get.